Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott and Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. Hey everybody, I want to apologize for taking so long to get this episode out. I know it's a couple of weeks after Killington almost, and this episode is about Killington, and um, my buddy Dan Weber talks to us tonight, and he tells us about how he come up and doing all the different ultras he's done and how he helped design the course here. And it's a really good episode. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, Before we start the episode, I want to read a review that I got. A new review. It's from the J J Myth. Um, It was on Apple um, where he left it. And it says, so much more than a podcast. Wow. I don't know if I can even call this a podcast. I would call this a motivational, educational seminar recorded by a cool southern dude and his cool friends. This conversation between Buddy happens to be extremely entertaining if you're into the OCR lifestyle. Pro tips, tricks, and a way to avoid common OCR mistakes are covered on each episode. I've been listening for at least six months, and I've learned some new something new every time. With two years of OCR racing under my belt, I thought I had it all figured out. Nope. I have made uh, a noticeable bump in race performances since taking some of the tips from Scott and his friends. This podcast is absolutely life-changing if OCR is your new obsession. Man... Thank you so much. I really appreciate this review. I mean, it, it just means a lot. And there was a lot of people at Killington that recognized me, that come up to me and talk to me. One person even come up and wanted a picture to me. And I mean, that was just, you know, it's humbling, you know. I just really, I really appreciate all the listeners out there. And, you know, I, I appreciate everybody that sends me a message or comes up to me at the venue and talks to me or cheers me on during the race. I even got uh, recognized when Rhea Coble ran past me on the death march. I was walking. She ran the whole thing. Unbelievable. Um, I started chatting with her, and after she passed me, she said, Hey, do you do the I'm a Spartan OCR podcast? I was like, Yeah. And I was like, I said, you listen to it? And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought that was, that was really cool to know that you know she's out there and she's listening to it too. But anyway... Enough of me ranting. Um, here's the here's the interview with me and Dan Weber. It's really good, and I hope you enjoy it. What is up, Dan the Man Weber? How you doing today, bro? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. I know it's been a couple of weeks since Killington, but we're going to talk about how that race went down and everything. But before we do that, man, just give us a little bit of background on yourself, man. Like... Like, where are you from? What do you do for a living? Uh, I'm from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Um, most people have heard of Hershey chocolate, and that's 
from my house. Um, and uh, what I do for a living, I actually install traffic lights. Um, you know, most people don't think about that, but somebody's got to do it. And uh, work for a very good company that allows me to travel and, you know, pays really well. And so, yeah. So do you, do you like install them from like the bucket truck sense or do you like down on the ground and like program them and all that too? Yes. Everything from, from putting any of the conduits in, the wires in and putting them up in the air and stuff like that. Yep. Anything that's involved in the whole intersection, we pretty much do from start to finish. So, so was that like on job training or did you have to like go to a school for that or something like that? No, actually, uh, I got, and it's funny story how it started, I, back when I was 14, I was always at the gym, and one of the foremans from a traffic light company saw me always at the gym, and it's like, someday you're going to work for me. Sure enough, that's how it started, and he hired me on the spot, and I just learned learned as I go, and been doing it for 10 years now. So. <laughs> that's wild. So, um. Man, tell us about how you got in, you know, got into fitness and started your, like, OCR journey. Uh, well, that was a funny story. Um, so, my ex-wife, um, her gym that she was going to, they're like, hey, everybody's doing this Spartan race, and she's like, we're doing it. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what this is. Like, you know, I've yeah. only ran, like, road races and stuff. And so I was like, what's this? you know, obstacle course thing. And so we went there and, you know, uh, surely enough, I kind of enjoyed it. It was better than just straight up running. And, uh, after, you know, it was funny, a year later we got divorced around the same time. And, uh, <clears throat> but I continued to, to, to start, you know, trying different races and just kind of fell in love with it. And, now it's become like my only hobby. <laughs> right. Does she does she still do the races too? Uh, unfortunately, no, she doesn't. <laughs> oh. I was about to say, is it weird when y'all run into each other at the races? At first, it was because like the first year is like kind of weird. Like, oh hey, <laughs> how but, you how you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how you doing? Thanks for getting me into this and uh, <laughs> have fun. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> So, um, what year, what year did you start running OCR? Um, I think it was 2012 was the first race that I went to. Oh, wow. You're and an OG then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was pretty, yeah. Like <clears throat> I didn't realize it, but the other day I was cleaning out my closet with all the Spartan shirts and I came across my first Spartan shirt and I was like, wow, that was 2012. I couldn't believe it. You should totally um, like cut you- the sleeves off of it. Like I do and sport that bitch. <laughs> I don't want to cut the sleeves off because it still has a dial on it from like the soap. Like uh, that was back when it was sponsored by uh, Dial Soap. That's amazing. And it has that on that sleeve, so I don't want to cut that off. <laughs> but no, yeah. So I started off with one race, went to three, then went to ten, and then it just went crazy from there on out. Right. That's funny that Dial was one of their sponsors. Clean the mud off from your Spartan race. I can hear the commercial for it, it now. It was, and they used to give you like a little goodie bag at the end of the race. I'm sure some people still have it. I, I know I have one somewhere in my house, but yeah, <laughs> it's funny how much it's changed. Yeah. Like on the back of the shirts, it used to have like dates and what, what venue it was, and there's only like maybe 12 of them, you know, wow. throughout. Yeah. 
That's pretty cool, yeah. though, having a shirt where it was kind of like a band going on tour and it listed all the cities and the dates. That's pretty neat, though. Yeah, it, it is a cool shirt, and that's why I won't get rid of it. Yeah, or cut the sleeves on it. <clears throat> so, <laughs> so over the years, Dan, what would you say has been, like, the biggest changes through Spartan that you think? Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I think it's gone more corporate so it's gone too big too fast and it's just more about it it used to be about the people and about the community and i feel it's just all the smaller races have been picking up on that and emphasizing on that whereas spartan's been more of like let's get to olympic sport and it's not the value of the people anymore which it it's sad to kind of see it dissipate because i've definitely noticed my personal enthusiastic about going to a Spartan race has decreased. Um, the only thing that's increased is just all the people I've met. Right. See, to me, I mean, and and see, because I didn't start until 2015, but as I made friends in the community, the community of Spartan racing is what always brings me back, you know, going to race after yeah. races. It's racing with your friends and, you know, and it's, I mean, it's just fun. I mean, it, I guess it wouldn't matter what OCR it was, as long as you see the same people, same friends, you know. That's what makes it cool. And and it's even cool to venture out into different races because, you know, everyone's kind of different. It's just like a road race. You know, you have your 5Ks, you have your 15Ks, you have your, you know, 30Ks, you have your 50Ks. <clears throat> like, you meet different types of people, even though they're still running. And I feel like, venturing out different OCRs, you meet a lot of great people, and it's it's just, I think the community of the obstacle course race is by far, like, one of the best communities I've oh, run yeah. into. Yeah, by far, by far. So, um, so, I remember you were telling me that you helped volunteer at Killington, and you helped, like, build and, or design the route for the course, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I did it last year and this year. Um, I'm very good friends with, uh, Woody Peters, which is one of the course management managers. And, um, they were kind of short staffed last year and he asked me to help him out. Um, you know, and actually work for Spartan and help build the course. And I was like, Oh, this sounds like fun. And sure enough, it was. And so I was asked again this year to help out with Killington because it, it's a big mountain and there's right. a lot that goes behind doors with building these races. So, and, and when did you start volunteering? I probably started volunteering probably around 2014, 2015. Right. You know, did a, and I just, I, I enjoy, I think I enjoyed all aspects of it. Um, like I enjoy being a racer. I enjoy being a spectator and I also enjoyed volunteering, like just seeing different aspects you know i mean you have your elite racers you have your competitive racers you have you know your fun people that just want to get out and do something and then you have the people that are trying to make a difference in their life and you don't always get to see that if you're just a racer like it's really cool to see all different aspects uh and i think a volunteer is a good way of seeing you know different 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 um different people so yeah yeah, I volunteered a lot in 2015, but when they changed the uh, 
the annual pass to where it it goes from January to December, I was like, well, there's no reason in really getting the free races now if it's going to cover everything. Because in 2015, you got it just to overlap that pass, you know, where some yep. races started. So that way you could wait, wait to the last minute to buy the pass. But, yeah, now they get sold out. And, yep. Yeah. I remember... I volunteered at uh, Wintergreen the last year it was there. I think I did build day one day that week. And I, I think I was signed up to do build on Friday because I was there all week. And I, I did build on Tuesday and I did uh, packet stuffing on Thursday, which was the easy volunteer shift if you ever volunteered <laughs> packet stuffing. It was tedious, but it was it was a super easy shift. I remember, man, they busted our ass on the build crew at West Virginia, hammering them spikes in for, uh, the Tyro. Oh my God. That was awful. (laughs) And I like (laughs) suck with a sledgehammer. So I would like, I mean, when you're swinging that sledgehammer full force and miss that spike, it's like, it's like, man, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's definitely, uh, yeah, that's what a lot of people don't realize. There's, there's a lot that goes behind the scenes to make this happen. Yeah. Um, all the build, <laughs> all the build shifts were, were hard work. I mean, it wasn't, yeah. I mean, I got uh, one at Durham town that was pretty easy. It was a light day, but I mean, if, if you got a bad build day, you bust your ass all day long. Yeah. Yep. But in 2015, I remember when they'd give you two full races for one day of build, too. That was sweet. Yes, that was the way to go. Yeah. If you could do it, that was the way to go. But like I said, things got so big that they just cared less about it. And they put more on the staff than what they should. So that is one thing like that I do like letting people know. Like When you see a lot of staff, if they're grumpy or if they're tired or whatever... It's because they've had a long week. Oh, we yeah. put in no doubt. We put in long hours just to get the race ready, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam! Now you got an extra long day Saturday and Sunday. It's like you can't even, like it's hard to be happy and you know presentable yeah. for the race because you just busted your ass prior to the race. I mean, and those so, guys, and and just for I mean, and just to credit them, you know, they would be out there before six a.m. and sometimes they wouldn't leave until seven a.m. at night on the build days too. So, I mean, they had long, you know, tough days. And I'm sure, you know, if the weather's bad, it just makes it that much worse on them getting that course ready, too. Oh, dude, yeah. um, For Killington this year, Monday and Tuesday, it downpoured like crazy. And it was just, I mean, (laughs) you know how running a race in wet mud is. Yeah. It's the same with building the course. Like when we're marking out the course and everything, it's just a flip and slide. You're all wet all day long. And it's, it makes for an interesting day. Yeah. But yeah, but if you want the event to go on, we got to push through it. That's right. Hey, did you get the email today where they said they're going to change the uh, volunteer shifts where now they'll give you a hundred percent race entry, whether you do for morning or afternoon you don't have to pay for the upcharge i did i did just see that and um i'm like they've been everybody's been asking me like hey, what you know like because i i've known some people you know some rd race directors and that and i'm like hey you took away the biggest thing that right. was for people that 
you know, it, it's like a lot of people come into these races. Some some volunteer on Saturday, and then they want to race first thing Sunday so they can get home. That's right. Like you take, you know, or some people are, you know, vol- you know, giving up their time to volunteer. Like they don't want to be paying an upgrade fee. Like that's, you know, I understand if they want to do a lead. I can kind of see where that is. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, I don't agree with competitive or the age group thing just because you're really not winning money. Like, yeah. I, I think it should be open across the board except for elite because elite has prize money. But, right. you know, at least they're trying to listen, I guess, in a sense. But it was, it wasn't because, you know, the real, fa- the real factor is that nobody was volunteering. Like, yeah. And, you know, they had to do something. They knew that they were going to lose the race completely if they don't change it. Yeah, because they were sending out emails, like, left and right. You know, come sign up, help us volunteer. We need volunteers, you know. And it, it was true. They were hurting bad across across the U.S. It was, or, you know, it wasn't just the East Coast. Um, it was across, across the states. Right. So when you were helping do the... Uh, the route for uh, Killington, were you like, did were you like just helping somebody do it or were you actually picking the route yourself? So, so, so the race director and usually the course manager, they usually go pre, pre time, you know, like before any of this happens and they kind of go over, you know, Hey, this is going to be going on at this time. This is, you know, we got to stay away from here. We got to stay away from there. So they kind of give us a, a like a kind of like a blueprint to a house, and then we basically just go from there. We have to create it, like because they can place it on the map, but that doesn't mean like, oh well, we can't go through here because it's a uh, it's a cliffside, sacred you know I mean? Indian ground you know? or something. So so you kind of make your own route as you go, like oh hey, we gotta stay within this area, but this route is better, or this route has more elevation. This route's you know little bit more gnarly or this route's easier you know so yeah in a, in a sense we're giving the direction but then we actually have to create where it goes create the path that the direction is going right yep yep which is really cool because you know i'm sure a lot of people have uh have i would say they love the ultra loop this year i think uh man that was tough dude I like I'm I'm not kidding you dude like when I was about halfway up that incline in the ultra loop I was pushing pretty hard and I was like and I was thinking you know this isn't even the death march and I'm pretty freaking winded right now and I was thinking you know what at this point my goal is to finish I'm not trying to you know do any better than that so I kind of went to a conservative mode at that point. And it was like right after that, you I think you come running past me. <laughs> and and so Dan started in age group. I started in elite, and he was like 10 minutes behind me, and I, it was like mile seven or eight. He had already caught up with me. That's how badass Dan is. <laughs> um, but I got to give a shout-out to Tyler McCree because him and I, we, um, we were told to go – you know, find this route and, you know, pick it up. And it, it was fun. And me and Tyler had a lot of fun. And we're like, you know what? This is ultra loop. Let's make it badass. Hey, let's, uh, it was. I, I didn't know he helped you do let's, that. Tyler's cool. I like Tyler, too. Yes, Tyler's an awesome kid. Um, you know, we had a lot of fun. And 
you know, pretty much we're like, let's make this as gnarly as we can and go from there. And, you know, we're, we're a little skeptical in some areas, but in, in the end we're like, Hey, this is an ultra loop. Uh, it's not just Joe Schmo coming out here. Like you signed up for the ultra. We wanted to make it ultra worthy. You know, we wanted to make it something that you had to work for it, you know? Um, and, and I, I was kind of happy, um, that we did get what we were going for. Uh, so a lot of people, you know, enjoyed it. I mean, you definitely, there were some areas where you definitely had to bear crawl. Like there was no way you weren't using your hands and, all, all body parts, like you definitely had to on some of those climbs. Man, I'm just glad that those trees were there that you could grab and hold. They were just right to <laughs> grab those trees and pull yourself up all those little ledges that were at the end. Yes. And then, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I don't know if you noticed this or not, but on the second lap, like when you got out of the thick of that and you were up there around like all those tall weeds and it looked like goldenrod and everything, man, there was bees everywhere. Like, I guess getting the pollen out of all that stuff or whatever. Did you notice that on the second loop? On, on the second lap, I didn't notice much of anything. I was I was in dead mood right at that point. <laughs> but I did not I did not notice that much, no. Um I mean, we, we had talks of which way we wanted to come out, and at the time, we were getting closer, and we didn't have enough. I, I would have liked to take us all the way through the woods, um, but we came out where we did just because of time. Right. And, but I thought it, it was perfect. It was, a, it was a fun climb. It, it was a good climb, I thought. Because when you um, come out of there, that was when you, could, you, you got a really good view of where you were at, and that was cool. Yes. And then there was that total like slap in the face when you got to the top of that hill. There was this huge, just comfortable looking bench seat, and you were like, "Oh, I want to sit on that so bad." <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it was great though because like when you did come out, if you did look to your right, you could see where you came from, and you're like, "Wow, I climbed that high." You know, like it was it was a pretty a pretty steep climb. You just didn't realize it at first. You know, you're like looking down and like, oh man, there's a Spartan sled in the, yeah. that, you know, little carry. It's like, wow, was that far away? But no, it was. That's cool, man. Y'all did an awesome job on it. You and Tyler both did. I I saw him like having ice on his knees the day before. Was he having problems with his knees after the ultra? Yeah, he's definitely, uh, he definitely needs to get that looked at. I told him about it. Like, he's like, Hey, I'm all right. I'm like, no, you're, <laughs> you're done. Was it his IT bands or was it under his kneecap where it was hurting him? I think it's under his kneecap. It might be yeah. his meniscus or his ACL. Oof. It's something that he needs to get done. Yeah. He needs to get fixed. That sucks. Yeah, injuries suck, period. Yeah, they really do. So, um, so yeah, I guess that explains, you know, I've been wondering why, you know, you – the last few races I've seen you at, you you were wearing your Hershey chocolate shirt. I guess it was like one from like a half marathon or something like that. Yes. So yeah. I guess you wear that because you're from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I get it now. I was just thinking about that. Cause like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's actually been kind of my like luckier shirt. I don't know. For some reason I wore it the one time and I had a great race in Asheville and I just been like, ah, I think it's my lucky shirt, so I just been keep wearing it, and you know, but it, it, it does represent where I'm from. Um, you know, it was one, it was actually my first uh, half marathon shirt. Right. That oh, I cool. Had. 
So you're talking about in Asheville where you just barely beat me for first place in age group, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep, something like that. <laughs> so you that, that was a week. That was a week before Noram. I was trying to take it easy, but yeah, you were taking it easy. Yeah, I know. I was like <laughs> breathing fire, and you were taking it easy. So that's like okay. Everybody, listen. If, if you ever see Dan in person, he's he's short and he, he looks stocky, and you're thinking. Yeah, the first time I saw Dan, I was thinking, well, he, he looks pretty tough, you know. But I would have never thought Dan is as fast as he is. When Dan has a bad day and I have a good day, I can keep up with Dan. But if Dan's having a good day and I'm having a good day, I, I won't even see Dan. I think you, you ended up... I don't know about that. Man, you beat me by like an hour on the ultra, dude, man. You were killing me. I was just... You know, sometimes you just got to grind it out, and I think that's uh, where I like it better is where you're grinding out and you're pushing your grit, you know, because trust me, there was nothing easy about that. <laughs> like, I mean, I knew I, I had a lot to do with it, yeah. and I knew a lot of the areas, but I put in probably about 100 miles before I did the ultra, and I, I got to mile eight right where I was passing you that first time. Dude, I was, I was about ready to quit. No like way. I, my legs, my my legs were so shot. Like it, you, I don't know. Like you know, you run, you prepare for all this, and then you know you do something like this, and you're like, oh, I know what I'm getting into. But my legs just like it was just so much climbing this year that I got to a point where I just like my legs didn't want to go. And see, um, at the point where you caught up with me, I felt good, and I couldn't even keep up with you. You walked off from me. <laughs> I, 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 like I said, I think I like the, the grind out, like, you know, where you got to really struggle and push. And I think I like the mental games better than just the physical games. Yeah. I know um, I was I trying my best to keep up with you because you told me, you, well, I think after you passed me, you told me that you helped design the course and all that. And like every, I was thinking, well, this is next. And you were like, no, no, this is what's coming up next. And this is what's after that. And I was like, shit, I want to try to stay with Dan so he can always tell me what's coming up next. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody's like, oh, you got a little advantage. I'm like, I do, but I don't because my legs have been up and down so many times. It's like, you're worn out. But it is kind of, you know, it is nice. But I mean, if you study the map, you kind of have the same, you know, realistic view of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's great, though, to have people that you can, you know, work with, too, you know, like, because you push yourself. Like, I know, yeah. like, keeping you there, like, and passing you, like, I'm like, okay, now I just got to keep in front of them. Keep <laughs> like, you know, you know what I mean? It's like certain things, like, you just put, like, limits on yourself, like, all right, I see this person. I got to, by this time, I want to catch him, or, you know what I mean? Like, it, it gives you little goals and incentives to take your mind off what you're actually right. doing. Like, I know when I was racing with you multiple times, like, oh, man, I just got to keep him first, Scott. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it makes it fun, you know? Like, it does. Uh, You're right. push each other. I love having yeah, exchanges I, I, with my friends during a race because, I mean, I like being able to say, hey, man, go get it. Good job, you know, and just somebody to talk to, you know? You yeah, know, I love bad, that. You know? You know, like when we're in the bucket carry, we're passing each other in the bucket, like, yeah. We're like, oh, he's feeling the pain I was feeling. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, man. Like, you're starting later, or if, I'm fin or if you're finishing up, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be at that point, you know. Dude, that bucket was rough. And, like, so, yeah. 
and and I remember like when we come to the drop bin area, we you were there before me, and I come over there to your bucket, and you had just a bucket full of all these different freaking drinks, like Mountain Dews and Fit Aids and Gatorades, and and I <laughs> left before you did, and I was wondering, is he gonna drink all that shit? <laughs> <laughs> or was it it's just funny. a bar and it was whatever suited your fancy at that moment? Uh, no, I mean, I'm kind of weird. Like, I don't take a hydration pack, as most people know. I'm not. You didn't um, even have any goos on you during the race or nothing, did you? No, no. I, That's uh, insane. <laughs> no, I, I like, um, I've been on this kickstart uh, for Mountain Dew. Um. I don't know. I'm I'm very weak for soda. Like it's I don't drink alcohol. I don't do any of that stuff. Um, so my weakness is soda. But I've been limited to just kickstarts because they have the least amount of sugar. Right. Besides diet, because I can't do diet. Um, but yeah, so that's why you saw the kickstarts in there because I was like, all right, I'm gonna have one kickstart. I'm gonna have two fit aids, and then honestly uh everybody always asks me like well how do i not take hydration i've been very fortunate that tailwind has worked for me up and down at every race i've been at um long or short i've always um had tailwind so those gatorades were mixed with tailwind right so i so i drank one before the race i drank one at my drop in and then i took one along with me and by mile two i drank it and then that was enough to keep me going. Right. So you didn't eat anything? It was just all fluid? Um, I actually ate two lar bars. Right. And Love them the things. Apple, I think, yeah, the apple pie, that's what I ate. Oh, yeah, that that's was, a good one. Yeah, that was pretty much it. That I like the, it. What's the other one that's really good? I like that. It's like coconut something. It's really good. I like that one. Yeah, lar bars are really good. I really, I really enjoy them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, the first time I met Dan, we were in the starting corral at the 2000, and I don't, I don't, I didn't even know his name at the time, it, but it was 2016 Ultra Beast. I was there like a total noob dork. I had like a camelback on with enough food in it to feed me for a week, and Dan's there. And he's got on a pair of shorts and a long sleeve shirt talking about, yeah, I want to finish the ultra and then go do another lap of the beast. I'm wondering if I can get out and get like, like registered in time. And I'm thinking, man, this guy's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was in New Jersey. Yep. Well, we, we started a half hour late, but yeah, I, we missed did. By like, I, I missed it by 45 minutes either way, so... Yeah, no, that was one of my goals, but they they actually made that course very long compared to the prior year. Yeah, and that's why, and I was like, oh man. <laughs> but I remember I remember meeting you there, like it was yesterday. I totally over <laughs> I totally overpacked. I bet I had fifteen pounds of Camelback food and water. <laughs> you always you always know a newbie when you see that much food on them because like. Man, they're not going to eat all that food, and even if they do, they're not going to keep that in them. I don't know. I walked a lot on my first Ultra Beast, so I actually ate a lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you? Yeah, but, like, shoot, in Killington and New Jersey this year, you know, I was pushing the pace way harder. only thing I ate was uh, I did eat a, a couple of honey waffles, the honey stinger waffles, but and it was, like, on the death march where you was walking anyway, so... 
Yeah, that's always a good time to eat. Um, yeah. I feel like I tell people, you know, when they ask about, I'm like, uh, if you can eat on the death march or whenever you're climbing hard. Yeah, going uphill is the best time I'm, to eat. Yeah, because you, know, you don't ruin your pace, you don't ruin anything like that. You know, it keeps you, it keeps your mind off of what you're actually doing sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I will say. Vermont is definitely my favorite place to race. Um, the people up there are just like when we came through having those purple pennies on, there hasn't been a year yet that I haven't had the best experience there. People just would get out of your way. They'd yeah. be yelling ultra. Like it's just, it gives like, honestly what got me through most of that race was just everybody around there. Like they were all, like pat me on the back, cheer me on, yeah. like especially during the death march. I had so many people follow behind me, like, just keep moving, just keep moving. You're having a great pace. I'm like, I'm dying here, yeah. <laughs> you know? And they're like, just keep moving, you know? And it's just so inspiring to hear um, so many people reach out to you that don't even know you and just cheering you on. Like, it just, it gives you that boost of energy and and, and determination to want to finish, you know, for, yeah. for them, like, cheering you on. Yeah, I know everybody I would talk to, they'd be like, you must be from the South. I was like, how can you tell? <laughs> That's what an accent might not have anything to do with it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like you said, everybody was super cool, and they were, you know, more than happy to get out of the way, and a lot of them would scream ahead and be like, ultra, you know, on the left, you know. I remember I, yeah. pa- I passed this one woman one time, and she, like, screamed like a drill sergeant, get out of the way, and I was like, <laughs> I kind of laughed a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's always funny because it's like, I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't like be. I don't always, I mean, unless there's like, you know, a lot of people or anything, but I'll just slowly try to get by them and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you have some people, like you said, that just screams it out. And it's just like, they're like, oh no, <laughs> like everybody's staring at you, you know, it's like, uh, but it kind of feels good, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's just cool to see everybody come together and be like, you know, have respect for you to actually, like, do that at second lap, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, Killington, man, it was, that was an awesome venue for, I mean, an ultra, too. And I know I, I said a bunch of times after the end of the race, you know, man, I, I might come here again, but I'm not going to do an ultra. But after, a, you know, a week passed over, I'm thinking, yeah, like, I would probably do that again. <laughs> it's just that <laughs> when you're going down those steep hills, man, they, they really make my legs hurt after a while. And when, and when, in that process, when that's going on, you're telling yourself, man, I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing this again. Yeah, but, or like, why am I doing this? Why did I pay for this? Why, you know, why am I putting myself through this torture? Why am I going to do the bucket carry twice? Why yeah. am I going to, you know, do four sandbags? Why am I doing that ultra loop twice? You know, there's, yeah, there's always a lot of things. But then, as I tell everybody, like, hey, just give it a couple of weeks, you'll be like, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. It's a love-hate relationship. It's it just really when you go back to that feeling of this huge accomplishment and you look back over, you know, it took me 11 hours or however many hours it took you to do this and you're thinking, man, that was really special and just such an awesome feeling you get when you jump over the fire and you know it's done. I mean, that's just... Yeah. Knowing that you you finished something that a lot of people may not, you know, and yeah. that, and that yeah. was awesome. And I was glad that Killington. It was a tough race this year. I, some people were saying it was the hardest Killington race ever, 
And some people were saying, no, it wouldn't. But I'm just glad it was a hard enough race to be questioned as one of the hardest races there. I did not want an easy Killington race. I wanted it to be hard in case I don't go back. So I know, hey, I got a hard race and I finished it. You know, and, and I was, you know, after last year, getting a little experience with it and everything, like, I really wanted that this year. Like, I really wanted to, like, I mean, I, we wanted more for the Beast, um, but since we had to do the Ultra Loop twice, we really had to watch with the Beast course. Yeah. And I just, it, it, it was just, I mean, for some people, it's probably not as epic for the Beast course just because there was a lot of construction going on this year. Um, which really restricted us a lot compared to other years. Um, and there's a lot of bike routes that are now in process. <clears throat> so it really limited us. But I knew for the ultra, like me as a runner, like that's what, like, you know, a lot of people are starting to sign up for these ultras, which is awesome, you know, just to see more people trying yeah. different things. And, I just knew in the back of my mind, like, I was going to try my hardest to make it an ultra course versus just like, okay, it's two laps and we'll get it done. You know, right. it's one thing that, you know, like, I was happy to hear people were like, that was hard. That was, yeah. you know, you know, we actually had to work for that one, you know, because I know I definitely worked for for it. Like, it definitely, <laughs> I definitely thought it for a while. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like, I totally, you know, New Jersey, you know, I felt pretty good rushing the whole time, you know, pushing my pace and here, you know, I was like, okay, I, I, you know, I took a step back and I'm like, okay, I just want to finish this. So, but you know, and a lot of people, I know even one of the guys that traveled with us, he tapped out after the first loop and I could see where that was easy to do. And if, if you weren't in the right mindset or in the right mind frame and you thought about, you know, that last five miles of this race was the hardest. And besides the mile in the ultra loop where you were going up that steep incline, you know, so it was, it was easy to think, you know, the hardest part of this race is going to be at the very end. And I don't know if I can do that again. So a lot of people tapped out at transition just and I think it's because it was so tough at the end where it was fresh on your mind how hard it was you had the heavy carries at the end the death marchers at the end so while you were sitting there contemplating in the transition area you were thinking do I really want to do that one more time and yeah, it definitely I, I, I was listening to, uh, you know the race director came over to me like hey you, <laughs> uh, you won't believe how many people didn't want to take their pennies for their second lap they they denied it and i was like i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but i'm kind of feeling good like <laughs> you know, at least it was something it, well, it wasn't a cakewalk and, no. and that's you know like it's always you know that's always been like my thing about spartan it's always been a tougher race yeah um and i feel like lately it's been a little bit more relaxed so it's nice to like finally get a race that you know, actually, like, you really had to push for this one. It yeah. wasn't just no, like, cakewalk. You know, nothing against Jersey, but Jersey was pretty doable. Like, yes. you know, like, you didn't, you didn't have to run, run. Like, you could you could have a good hike pace, and you could easily make it. This one, it, it, it was tough to get around certain areas. Like, you had to be moving. 
Yeah. Um, especially the second time around when everything got destroyed. Yeah. There were a lot of areas that, that were so saturated that become, like coming down to that sandbag carry. Yep, the first sandbag carry. Going, yeah, that was dangerous, yeah, man. It was very, it got, like when I, when I came down through those slopes, it was nothing like that. Um, yeah. And then after the, when I came around the second time on Saturday, it was like, wow, this got destroyed. Like I didn't realize how saturated it was. And it was just, it was crazy just to see, you know, how, how different it's changed from where, when I first marked it out to, to now, Yeah. you know. I mean, on the first lap, I know I busted like three times going down it before, and it, even on the second lap, it was even more slick on the second lap. And then you had people there too, you know, and it's just trying to work with everybody. It's just it makes it a little bit more difficult. It was definitely a, it was definitely a challenge, you know, and that was just downhill. I wasn't including all the uphills either. Yeah, I remember when we got on the second loop when you got to the point where you had to go left to do ultra and the beast people went right i was talking to some people that were doing the beast and i was like y'all don't know how lucky y'all are (laughs) (laughs) yes if you only knew (laughs) what this extra loop added you know because like and that that downhill run that's not that wasn't easy yeah that that was tough that was very brutal on your Mm. Front quads. Oh yeah, like it definitely pounded them pretty good. That that last downhill right before you come to uh, the second sandbag yeah. carry, that was rough. Yes, it's like that right right after that. plate drag, I think. But that was pretty rough too. Yes, you know, yeah, that we. I guess we've been rumored to call it the death descent, just because it's steep, quick descent. Like it. Oh yeah, it's definitely. Definitely very steep, um, but but then again, then you had the nice long sand, sandbag carry to you know cool you down. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, and it was a good one too. Man, just think if they would have called doubles on that. Oh man. Uh yeah. Well, see that sandbag originally was marked to be short. You were only supposed to go up to the right and look at the flower. Like you know, it had a nice view. Like when yeah. you went up to the right. But I was like, this is Killington, you know, and this is, you know, this is supposed to be a hard race. And you have a bucket carry next. Why not go up a little bit? So yep. that's that's why we just, you know, it's like we're going up this little slope just enough to give it a little burn. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and then we extended the bucket carry from what it originally was marked out. Um, yeah, the bucket was brutal, dude. Yes, it, it definitely was. It, and I usually Especially don't. Especially after that quick downhill and then the sandbag, that bucket definitely felt. <laughs> yeah, you knew. Felt a little it. extra heavy. Yeah, I think that right there alone was enough to make people tap out. Being right there at the end, the bucket fresh on their mind, and they thought, I've got to do that again at the end, after. you know. So, I mean, that that was, I think that's a lot, a lot of the reason why people tapped out is all the, the last end of that race fresh on your mind and you're like whoa i gotta do that again you know and and i gotta admit when i was in the transition thinking about it i was dreading you know pretty much the ultra loop and the death march the most and um when i actually got to that point where it was time to do it again i mean it was bad but i wasn't 
feeling as bad as I thought I was going to feel at that point. And, you know, it was just, you know, one step at a time, just push through it, you know. Yeah, and that's always been my big thing. Like, when everybody asks me about, like, oh, like, why do you do it? And how do you, like, what would you, what, like, besides telling people, like, the biggest time for an ultra thing that you need to do, besides time on your feet, is mind over matter. Because a lot of times your mind takes over and it tells you when you actually can. Like, just like you just described, like, you know, like, oh, I didn't think, you know, like, I thought that's March and ultra loop was gonna but it really wasn't it was just like no you gotta finish you gotta move through it you know and you put <clears throat> put your mind out of the way and, and just go through it and uh i think that's where a lot of people you know tend to give up sometimes too soon like you never know unless you try that's right you know and i feel like there could have been a lot more people that finished you know but you know your body but at some point sometimes your mind tells you something different than your body. Yep, that's for sure. Well, you crushed it because you got third place in age group and then come back the next day and got third place in age group in the sprint also, you little badass. <laughs> uh, I was going for a cool down run and then it's just like, okay. Whatever. I told, then, I called I got... it before the race. I was like, cool down run. I was like, whatever. You're going to get on the podium again and you dang sure did. <laughs> well after that like once I started going and everything like once we got to the top of that little that that little um, sprint course was no joke that first yes. mile pretty, the, uh, the added part brutal. to the sprint that wasn't on the beast course that was all uphill and it was it was a pretty yeah. section of course too going through all those fur looked like a Christmas tree wild Christmas tree yeah. farm in the woods it was pretty I liked it I was glad I run the sprint the next day yeah, I was too. Um, like I said, like I was going out for fun, and I got to the top of that. And I'm like, I just want to be done, like because I was dreading the sandbag and bucket carry. Me too. I'm like I just want to be done, and I just let loose, and uh, yeah, had a good had a good time going down. I tell you what, though, I felt so much more fresher coming to the sandbag and the bucket on that sprint. It was so much easier not having all those miles before it. It makes a difference. And honestly, after I was done with the sprint, I felt a lot better. I think if I would have just, you know, not done anything, I would have felt a lot worse. Oh, me too. Me too. I felt the active recovery felt really good. Yes, I totally agree. Even though it, I was sore like the whole week after that, but still. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good thing. If you're sore for a couple of days, that means you did something good. Shoot. It was more like four days. I think I, find, I, I I went and ran uh, that Friday after after Killington. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're usually the first run after Killington is never pretty. Yeah. Not at all. I definitely, <laughs> definitely didn't like that run. That yeah. So oh, yeah. Funny. I know what run you're talking about. The run where you were running 630 pace for four miles. Oh, yeah. I wish I could run that crappy after a... Ultra. <laughs> Dude, you have no idea how weird it felt to run, though. It felt like I was dragging bricks along. I mean, the pace might not have shown it, but I definitely worked for that run. Well, I'm sure like, you oh did. God. Shoot, I wish I could run as weird as you do. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. So, 
Dan, how many ultras does this make for you? Me too. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I definitely wish I could do some other, like, I definitely want to go to Colorado. And, Me too. I want to try, try out, that one. You know, like, I, I want to try some different ultras. So I just want to get a different feel for it. Um, I, I just like the grinding out. I like the climbing. South Carolina is going to be more of a fun run than it is, you know, race, race. I think just that because, South Carolina is going to be, I mean, it's going to be an easier type of ultra, but it's also going to be, it's going to be a harder ultra too, because there's not as much elevation there. You're going to have the avil- the ability to run at a faster pace, and you're going to be able to run possibly the whole race if if you've got the you know aerobic capability to do it. So I think that's going to be a race where a lot of people are just going to gas out because, you know, you're talking about it. I imagine it'll still be a good five, six hour, seven hour race, you know. So, and you're talking about yeah. running that whole time. It's going to be a tough race, I think. It's just not going yeah, to. Cause, go ahead. No, no, I was, I was just completely agreeing. Like, it's definitely, I mean, it, it can be an easy race if you're looking at, like, it would be a great way to experience an ultra. Right. Just because it would give you time um, to meet the time requirements. Yes. Um, that's what, like, everybody's like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about doing I'm like, do South Carolina. It's it, not to try yeah. to be an easy one, but it's a great way to get started to feel that because a lot of people don't understand, like, after about 15 to 20 miles, your body feels completely different. Right. Like, once you get past 20 miles, it's it's more of a big mind game than it is anything. Yep. You know, and, and if you can if you can bust out, you know, South Carolina, you know, then New Jersey comes along and, you know, and if you really want to step it up, you know, Killington will definitely take you, you know. But it's a great way to get started. In I something think so. If you're uncomfortable with you know, or if you're not used to doing a long distance, it would be a great way to get, because at least you'd have, it's not that you wouldn't be able to finish Killington or New Jersey, but meeting the time requirements is definitely a lot harder. Yes. Whereas I think South Carolina will be an easy way to be like, okay, hey, wow, I could push harder, or oh, I know where I need to make up, or where I need to work on. I totally agree. I totally agree. So, Dan, what would you say was the hardest? I mean, or which one did you think was more difficult, Tahoe or Killington? The reason I will probably always stick to Tahoe um, as far as race-wise, because when I started my ultra in Tahoe, it was like 20 degrees out. Um, By midday, it turned to like 50 degrees, beautiful out. By two two thirty, it the the clouds rolled in. It was blackout almost, and the next thing you know, we had a whiteout. Basically, I finished the race in downpour and snow. 
was, it was crazy. Like, you just went from one extreme to another, and then you had to swim up top. Yeah. And, and that swim was the coldest water I've ever felt. And, like, you, like, I got so cold, like, like, the eight-foot wall was on a downhill, and I could barely get up it. Like, it was, like, the things that, that change on that race, um, because of the cold factor and like being on top of any mountain is always more windy right but being at tahoe being ten thousand feet and it just having the chill it just goes right through you it's it's really uh i felt like when i was there it was the toughest race i've ever done just because of the temperatures and that elevation wise wasn't bad because you know i feel like killington's a little bit more gnarly um with the ups and downs, whereas Tahoe is more of like road because of environmentalists not allowing us to go outside of like more of the um, main roads and stuff because right. of that. Um, so it's not like you're climbing up steep sections. So it's much, not like technical you know? terrain, really. No, it's more of you know it's it's more of a runner's course, I would say. Um, it's not a lot of technical. Right. I mean, there is some technical. But you're going to have way more technical at Killington than you are Tahoe. Right. But the elevation's a lot harder at Tahoe. But I feel like the, the weather, the weather changing from just hour to hour is what's really tough out there. Yeah. I probably really don't like tough. that. <laughs> so, um, what year was that? Was that 2015? Yes, I think that was the first time that they've ever allowed, you know how the thing is with the ultra, you sign up for an ultra, you got to finish an ultra. Right. They actually had to shut down the course at a certain time, and I think it was like two hours after I finished, they actually had to shut down the course completely because of the venue, because of the whiteout and everything and the snow, um, that the access roads were being shut down by the mountain, and so people that didn't reach... 20 some miles i forget what it was what it was um they actually gave them a snow beast because of that wow it was like the one and only year that they did that that's cool um, yeah it, i mean it was like it, it was definitely a cool sight to see um especially after i was done but not while i was doing it like just to see <laughs> that like I, I was in the bucket i was when it started snowing i was finishing up my bucket carry and it was it was just I've never carried a bucket in snow um, <laughs> at that point. And it was just like, this is so weird. Like, <laughs> because like the first time I carried the bucket, it was like 50 degrees out. It was, it was insane. Like you go from one extreme to another. Wow. That's crazy, man. Well, well Dan, we're getting close to an hour here, but I've, I've got several questions that I like to always ask uh, people I interview. And um, so one I want to ask you is what has been your most favorite race and it, I mean any race I mean it doesn't have to be Spartan you know I mean what's been your favorite race and why um I honestly say this year um has the North American Championship race up in Stratton Vermont um honestly I felt like that was the best design thought out uh the venue was amazing the people that have that were up there were absolutely amazing um it's probably been that's why I would say it's probably been the best race um, and best race experience that I've had um, would be up in Noram. 
Those obstacles and look those insane. Dude, they're so much fun. I mean, it's only a nine-mile course, but that 15K was no joke. Um, it literally, it was, it was an awesome setup. It was an awesome way of distributing the miles and the obstacles, I felt. Um, you know, and, and anybody that I've ran into that asked me, I've been telling them, hey, it's going to be there again next year. Um, and it's not that far. It's in Stratton, Vermont. It's, it's a great venue, great place. Honestly, it's, I feel it's better than Killington just because there's not as much limitation. Right. And it seems like they're a lot more open to spectators. Um, they're, it's just a, it's a great little village. You know, it's one of those in-town villages and stuff. Like, it's just, it's just an awesome all-around place. Oh, cool. Um, so, so if anybody has a chance to go there, I definitely hands down would. That would be my number one. If I could only choose one race, honestly, that would be the race I choose. Wow, cool. All right. So, what to date? What has been your worst race, and why? <laughs> um, <clears throat> honestly, I think it was last year's New Jersey. Ultra Beast. It just, nothing was clicking. Nothing. I just had no go, no nothing. Uh, I just think, uh, and kind of last year altogether in a sense, I guess. Um, right. But I think New Jersey was the one that just, like, threw it over the edge for me. Like, I honestly, after New Jersey, I kind of wanted to just give up on SCR. <laughs> as strange as that may sound. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I don't know, for some reason, it wasn't the mileage, it wasn't nothing like that, it just, you know, my body just didn't like it. Hmm. You know, so that was one of the worst races I've had. Yeah, I just run the Beast there last year. I didn't run the Ultra. I don't... Like I said, it wasn't it wasn't a bad Ultra, it just... No. It, I don't know, for some reason, it just, I think it was just my mindset and everything, contemplating running, you know. It's not what we do, you know, to go and run these races, you know, and try to be competitive it's not always easy and no, sometimes it's it gets the best of you i mean especially when you try to train to you know train grip you know you train your back you train to be faster you train to long, run longer i mean it's a lot of a lot of training and you gotta eat really good you know because i eat bad and i'll gain five pounds looking at food <laughs> <laughs> yes, it definitely it definitely makes a difference, and uh, I'll be honest. I think it was a big game changer when I decided to. Um, as as I tell most people, I quit going to the gym. Um, all I do is rock climb now and and run right. and train with sandbags and and uh, bucket carries. Um, and honestly, like especially for like you know an obstacle course race that have obstacles. Yep, that's the best way. It's very important. <laughs> Yep. So. So, okay. So, what is your race ritual? You know, like, what are you doing on Friday? If you know you got a big race the next day, what do you do the morning before the race? And is there anything you do after the race? Like, if if you're going to run the race on Sunday too, like, what's your ritual you go through for a race weekend? Well, this year I've changed it up a little bit. Um, I've been trying to be a little bit more relaxed and just, you know, go with the flow. Um, and I've been trying, I've been doing this thing called cryotherapy, and I've also used compr 
compression um, boots. Uh, do. I've been trying to see how they work, and this year, as a result, I feel it's been going very well. So that's been trying. That's been one of my rituals is try to do that before every race. Right. Um, just because you know I put a lot of hours in at work, and I'm on my feet a lot, so um, it feels like it rejuvenates me. <clears throat> and then the morning of the race, like I said, I'm pretty simple. I, you know, I I don't eat a lot of pasta beforehand, but I do try to eat a good, good solid meal. And then the morning of the race, I always do the same ritual. I get a 32-ounce Gatorade, and I put a packet of Tailwind in, shake it up, and I I start an hour before my race, and I'll sit that through the hour, and and then I'll do at least one mile warm-up. And then after the race, if I know I'm going to race the next day, um, I just try to make sure that I hydrate enough for whatever race is coming the next day. And usually that requires, <clears throat> you know, at least another Gatorade with Tailwind. Hmm. Cool. So what is your favorite obstacle, and what is the obstacle you hate the most? Well, I guess, are we talking across the board? Are we talking... <laughs> yeah, any, any, any obstacle, any race, no matter. Oh, man. That's tough because I'll be honest, like Savage has been coming out with these great obstacles all the time. Like I think this year, the, the most impressive obstacle that I've never seen before was Holy Sheet. Like I just, it, it's just a simple thing, but it's challenging in the same aspect. Right. Have you, were you able to try it this year at all? Dude, I'm going to my first Savage race next weekend. Uh, you will know exactly what I'm talking about if you do Holy Sheet. Like, uh, everybody thought, like, Twirly Bird and a couple of those other ones were good. I was, holy shit, like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, it definitely, it, it's definitely good. Um, that's definitely probably my favorite this year. I mean, um, I guess my least favorite has always been the Spear Throw. I mean, this yeah. year, before, before the sprint race in um, West Virginia, I was... I was 100% since last year of uh, August. Like, I was, I didn't fail any obstacles up wow. until this year in West Virginia. And it was just spear throw. And I've always been skeptical of spear throw because I feel if I miss it, there goes at least five to ten minutes just because of my mindset. Right. You know? um, but if I make it, it's a huge boost. Oh, yeah. To, like, an energy endurance, you know, it just throws me to a next level, you know. So that's why I always consider, like, the obstacle I hate the most, because it's so simple, but yet it can cost a lot of time. That's right. Love it when I make it, hate it when I miss it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah. So is there any, I mean, you already said tailwind, but is there, like, a product you swear by? Honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't take any proteins. I don't do, I, I'm, I'm kind of weird with, with that. I've never, I never take anything. Uh, the only thing I've taken, and that was mainly because of long races, like I've never cramped. Right. Um, but like I started to feel cramping coming in and I was like, you know what? Everybody keeps talking about this tailwind. I think it was Tiffany Palmer that, 
and actually said something to me about, you know, that she takes tailwind and stuff. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give it a try. Um, you know, like, cause you know, when you, when you hear top athletes talk about it, you're like, okay, maybe it definitely works. And honestly, that's what I've been swearing by like now that, you know, tailwind, um, you know, because I've heard it, I've heard it from my best friend. She she takes it, and she's you know. But there's a difference between you know runners and then pro athletes. You know what I mean? Like because your body is different. Um, yeah. And I just felt like it. You know, it it's just enough for me. Um, and but I've even when I was lifting and stuff, I never take creatine or any of those powder supplements or or pre-workouts or any of that stuff like i don't even take beat elite which a lot of people take or or there's a no i just it's more of all natural i guess right. you know just normal stuff that you eat i might could stomach tailwind with i mean i have a cast iron stomach i can pretty much eat anything and i've drank tailwind mixed with water before and i've sipped on it and i'll be like you know what I mean? And I'll drink it, but I'm like, eh, that's not the best tasting stuff. But I might could, that you know. That might do Gatorade. I might that could handle it mixed with Gatorade. I, that might sound like my ticket there. But I get unflavored. Mine's like unflavored. It's, there's no there's no flavor in the, like I get the naked tailwind. Oh, wow. That sounds um, like an even better idea. Because the flavor I had that my girlfriend had, it, it tasted like a bunch of crushed up Flintstone vitamins or something. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't like flavors. Like, that's why, honestly, that's why I don't have, that's why I don't take protein shakes or anything like that, because I can't stand the taste of them. Right. Like, I, I don't like that taste. I don't like, protein always has that gritty, chalk taste to it. I just can't stand it. So that's why I've never been into any of that. Right. Well, Dan, man, I'm about out of all the questions I got, man. Uh. So what do you what on some last comments? What would you like to say to everybody that uh, DNF the uh, ultra that you helped map out? <laughs> um, you know, it's hard to say. <laughs> put you on the spot a little bit. It's it's, it's a good thing. Um, I feel like I feel for some people if you want to. Um, come out and tried it and, and fail, you know, obviously nobody wants to fail, but sometimes that's what really makes it stronger because I've had people, you know, I, I used to sweep the course a lot. Um, <clears throat> after my races, I'd go help out and I'd sweep the course and a lot of people I've met, you know, that were just getting somewhere, um, getting off the couch and like, Oh yeah, well, it's fun sign me up for this or this or whatever. You know, and then a year later, I run into them again, and and they're they're actually like running the the race. They're not last. Like, yep. so I feel like you know, with an ultra, what helps is if you're willing. Like, we're we're all going to fail at some point in something, but if we're willing to take that as a stepping stone and move forward, and especially Killington being a hard race, like you were out there, you you knew what it felt like. Right. So now, if you can get back at it you know that if you work that hard and harder, it's going to be a cakewalk. Right. Like, it's going to be, you know, and for a lot of people, it might have just been the mind over matter thing, you know, but at least now they have that, you know, so if they go to, like, New Jersey, they're like, okay, I know what I got trained for, and knock out New Jersey, like, tomorrow, and then come back for Killington. Like, I feel like it's all in how you look at it in life, you know, because, you know, we're always going to be throwing lemons, 
we, we all have the capability of doing things that we don't think we can do, but we honestly can do if we're willing to put, you know, your, your heart into it. So it's one of those things where like, it felt good to make a course because there, there wasn't somebody that said like, I absolutely fucking hate this course. (laughs) You know what I mean? But they were like, you know, it was kind of a proud DNF. Like, like, it was hard. You know, like I'm, I'm glad like it was hard to say like, I didn't just quit because I didn't want to do it. It's like, I quit because it was, you know, like I, I chose not to go out there again because it was hard. Like it was worthy of, you know what I mean? It wasn't just like, Oh, I just couldn't meet the time hacks. There were a lot of people that could have made the time hacks. Yeah. To certain points, you know what I mean? But there was a lot of people that were like, it was just hard, and I don't think my body could handle it, you I, know, because they didn't train enough. Well, it's, or, like, it's like you said, I don't want to finish an ultra race and ever say, that was easy. <laughs> you know i mean because you're not the experience isn't the same if you walk away from a race and say that race was easy what makes it a memorable race is the the toughness and the grittiness and what it takes you to come across that finish line is what makes it memorable and if you do fail at the race it just makes it that much more badass when you come back the next year and you beat it it will. I mean, I, I know it's tough for a lot of people to look at that way, you know, because you're always like, oh, well, I didn't have. Like, that should be a, a proud point. Like, you pushed yourself to your limit, but it also gave you that ability to, like, hey, I got to push harder. Like, it gives you more incentive to push to be a stronger person versus, okay, I beat that. Like, it's done over with. Yep. You know what I mean? You know, but even if you do finish, you're like, wow, you know, like, I push hard. Like, I earned that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. Yep. People are going to start making patches that say F Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, hey, Dan. Man, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us tonight, man. It means a lot. Uh, it's always great to talk to everybody. It's, it's, it's fun to hear everybody's point of view, you know, and, and um, listen in and just get to know people more often is is just i think that's what's the best thing about this sport that um that's unlike anything else i've ever experienced is just the community and and the positivity that comes from everybody um that's right. what i absolutely love about it me too man it's just always fun being and talking with people in the community running with the open class you know enjoying that being competitive with my friends and just cheering them on even though we're racing against each other man i freaking love it dude it's just the best it is it truly is well cool man well shoot dan we'll see you in south carolina man all right sounds good all right man we'll talk to you later brother all right thanks hope you enjoyed that interview Um, I want to thank Dan again for taking the time to do that. He had to pull over into a gas station and sit there in the parking lot to get a better signal. So I know he was probably tired of sitting there for an hour. But anyway, this episode's been long. I'm not going to rant anymore. Uh, Like I said, I'll be in Atlanta. Uh, I'm going to be at Savage next weekend. If uh, you see me, come up to me and say what's up, man. Like I said, I love talking to people that listen to it or just anybody in general, you know. Just come up to me and say what's up. Um, I will be, 
yeah, like I said, Savage, then Atlanta, uh, the Ultra in Carolina, and then the Beast in December. And that will pretty much finish up uh, my year. So please come up to me and say what's up. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Leave a review and uh, I'll read it. And we'll see you at the next race. Peace out.